Young. How you going? Not bad, brother. Yourself? Very good. Very good. I've got my mug. I'm going to make this mug the, the, the official Wormholes mug. Oh. Which will that we'll, we'll have some official Wormholes mugs at we some will. point in the we fucking will. future. But for now. But for now, that's the It looks mug. like titties as well. Like there's almost like there's a bit of titty about it. Alien titties. Yeah, a bit of alien titty. Yeah. It'd be three, I think, if it was alien titties. Wish we had video. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, if we had video, we'd, we'd be able to edit in some alien titties, but... So we were just dribbling some waff before we officially started. Who knows how much of that's going to make it into a little pre-intro, but it just reminded me of a story, and I, I want to quickly just start this podcast Hit with it. this hilarious story. Let's go. Because um, we're talking about, oh, we're saying about how cops have to, um, they, there's like they have to get tased and and hit with mace. I was like, they're going to be looking forward to that day. It reminded me of, did you guys ever do um, aquatics, like where you went down to West Lakes and you do the full kayaking yeah. and sailing yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever? So yep. wind, windsurfing is what I'd mainly do. Um, so year 12, I'm down at, at West Lakes doing that. I've gone smoky straight away, bro. Just <laughs> and, like, uh, yeah, I was down at West Lakes down at, doing West Lakes. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just such yeah, a habitual thing. Because I haven't, um, I know, but I haven't noticed it as much in the last few episodes. It just transitions still. Yeah. There's still that hint. I think I did two gigs last week as well. So did that's you just, get smoky up on those motherfuckers? No, know, bro. I was too yeah. drunk for one of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, so anyway, we're down at West Lakes um, doing aquatics and one of the days is you have to capsize yourself because you have to be able to undo your fucking shit and yeah. survive, right? And like it's middle of fucking winter and no one wants to dip themselves into that lake even if it wasn't winter, let alone fucking in, you know, sub-zero temperature. Why are you doing it in winter? I don't know because we were from Parallel yeah, Yard the, 12. Like, and all so, the, so like all the other school, all the private schools had booked it out during summer and Parallel is just like, just like yeah, we'll just I, guess, slot in here. I guess we're just going to have to take June. Like. Um, when you get concession <laughs> down at fucking West yeah. Lakes Aquatics. Um, so, so we've come up to this capsizing day and it was one of the last days and so I'm out in the water and you've all got to like get your space and I've psyched myself up and you know, I'm, I'm doing the breathing and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Capsize myself, right? undone my little shit around me, popped my head back out of water, and then I hear a noise behind me and I turn around and there is a girl, a, a sailboat full of girls heading straight for my <laughs> fucking no. head. And I've literally not been able to get out of the way before I've just been fucking cleaned up no by way. a sailboat. So, what was that? Wait, was it a catamaran? Like one of those big fucking like proper like sail like oh, where the like girls are learning rigid, how to fucking yeah fucking, not a, not a little catamaran like an actual fucking like a proper sailboat fuck. like obviously it's a smallish one but sailboat I'm still getting hit by a fucking us. sailboat right <laughs> yeah fuck so it anyway up. I'm 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 thrashing about underwater trying to gather my bearings and I, I finally resurface to what I would assume at that point in time and again now in hindsight parallel maybe not. Um, what I would assume would be at least my teachers, like in a in a mad dash to to come and save their poor student. No, just a bank full of my peers and teachers fucking pissing themselves oh. laughing. Like I could have been out cold, I could have been about to die. Yeah, and they're just laughing. They're so safety one hundred and one down at at Jesus at Christ. the budget That's fucking bad. concession June. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Walk I mean, how many with your ticket stub, man? I'll let you. <laughs> how many people can say they got hit by a fucking sailboat in their time? You know, I think that's oh, um, that's a pretty good achievement. That's my claim to fame. Might explain a bit of the old uh, the old brain damage, but um, yeah, it might. <laughs> you know, I haven't had an MRI, so who knows? Yeah, well, that's an interesting story to kick it off. Well, we are I talking about some psychological we are. Uh, aspects. We've we've uh, we're going to jump back into the the uh, what did I say on the thing the the. The Mental Health Mansion. We've, we've yes, had, the Mental we've Health had, Mansion. Um, yes. I like it. It's, it sounds like a place. Obviously, we're in the same place we always do our podcast. But um, 
it, it's it, we're we're entering a a zone, a a realm, we'll call it. Yeah, a um, dimension, a density, almost. The so we did we did the mindset uh, management one a few weeks ago, probably four or five weeks ago now. Yeah, it was and a minute ago. It went amazingly. It's yeah. our most. Um, Played episode to date. Um, it's probably the one we've had the most feedback about. Um, and we thought Went off in Spain. Yeah, Spain. We, Shout out uh, to the Espanol it's listeners. It's like had 200 plays in Spain, dude. Just like... <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm not going to... I don't know enough cultural, so anything I'm going about to say is going to be racist. So I've got no <laughs> idea because I was just about to say they're just like eating burritos and... But I don't know, is that Mexican? No, that's more... Yeah, but like... yeah. That's, so that's, what do they do in Spain? They, they, I mean, they probably do have burritos in Spain as well, but Spain's in Europe. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, it's not in. See, my geography. We don't come here for the wormhole yeah. geography podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next week is going to be wormholes geography lesson. Oh. And we're going to go over a map and we're going to learn about Peru and Myanmar, Peruvian and Peruvian battle axe, Peru- Peruvian battle toad. It's like a toad with a fucking little hat. No, on. the Peruvian pole axe. That's what it's <laughs> the called. Peruvian pole axe. <laughs> Oh, there's a fucking nice little bit of waff for you. But um, yes, the uh, the mental health mansion. It's always good. It's always good to get our opinions out about this because um, it's never ending. Yeah, and um, as I said, like it was just so good. Uh, some of the feedback we had last time, which was just like it's was the, the feedback we were getting was exactly what we said when we talked about how we wanted to have a focus of mental health on this podcast was exactly the feedback we got. It was that it's so good to hear a couple of blokes talking about it. Yeah. Talking about it in not a how do I explain it? Like you know, not it's a not preachy a, way. Yeah, it's not a it's not a mental health seminar. Yeah, like you, it's just a couple of blokes talking from their experiences. Like did you ever notice how sometimes um during the architect set recently, there'll be that random guy that like walks out and like preaches a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, and it doesn't it's, come. It doesn't it hit doesn't, that mark. No, nah, it, it, it just doesn't hit. I mean, like you know, nothing against architects. I love them, but like it's just a little bit of a. It's, and, I almost feel like they're using it as a, a gap filler. Yeah, or something. And it's good like, to have that. Like I, I'd, I'd like the idea of it. I'm actually in his in, delivery is very preachy. Yeah, I'm in talks with um uh, a mate of mine at the moment who uh, runs um, full, t- full Tilt Fight Fitness and um, he wants to start doing uh, shows from his gym. He's a comedian as well. Oh, killer. Um, but he uh, – I was talking to him about, um, you know, what his classes were and stuff like that as well. And he does this cool thing on a Sunday called Decompression Session, which is a free, like, boxing class. That's cool. For blokes between, yeah. like, five and six on a Sunday afternoon. And the idea of it is just about, you know, come down, have a workout, but also, you know, the the tones and that behind it are like this is a, a decompression session if you want to get something off your chest. Yeah, that's really cool, or you man. just want to hit the mitts, whatever. And I think that's a fucking cool idea. What's it, what's, what's this place called and where is it? Uh, so it's uh, it's in Salisbury North and yeah. it's um, Full Tilt Fight Fit. Fitness and yeah, shout um, out to Full Tilt Fight Fitness. That's and really cool. so yeah, I'm talking to him about you know maybe going down there and smashing some mitts, but also yeah, um, I want to. He wants to do some comedy shows from the gym, um, which is a great idea. Cool. And I said, sign me up. But I said, look, I want to start kind of trying to. It's going to be a hard thing, but I feel like there's a niche here that we can tap into where without, like we just said, because we have a way of talking about it in a non-preachy way, I would like to do a comedy show where there is a focus around that, where we have you know, before the show starts, we have a bit of a chat about it. In the intermission, we have a bit of a chat and then segue back into the comedy. For sure. Because, again, it's 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 not going to f- be as seamless as we'd like, but that's the whole thing is that the, having these conversations isn't easy. It isn't um, seamless. It isn't just free-flowing. You yeah. have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. So, And I feel like that's something that we can possibly tap into. But, yeah, but the best way, I, I think, the best way to maybe get this kind of conversation going on would be 
to interleave it with a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I mean, that's the way, like, you know, like me and my friends have always dealt with it. And I know you and I have always dealt with it like that. It's always just been having a laugh. So what better way than to, you know, go into this this gym, which which is also another cool environment, you know, Mm -hmm. like go into this gym and have a chat, have a laugh and, you know, and if you've got got a problem, then like everyone there is there for the same reason, I guess. So that'll be really cool. And it's going to be a hard niche to hit because you don't want to be taking the piss out of it or you don't want to be, you know, not taking it seriously enough. But then you also are trying to make it – um, what's the word? Approachable when every for everyone. So you want to make it lighthearted. So yeah. I think there's definitely something there, and I'm very keen about catching up with him soon. So shout out to Matt, um, and and uh, and having a talk about that. But um, yeah, so the the feedback that we were getting was has been so amazing, and and he's another one who's given us great feedback. And what I wanted to quickly read out before we get stuck into um, some some hardcore stats and shit about yeah. um, what we we're going to talk about tonight. I got a message earlier today from my friend um, uh, Tom, who just gave me a bit of feedback about you know what happened on his weekend. Yeah, um, he was responding to like a meme that, that I shared about how we were going to do this episode again tonight. Um, all he said was, um, bro, on the weekend, uh, the football lads all had a big sesh uh, and at about 1.30 a.m. there were six lads all of differing ages talking about feelings and not knowing how to deal with them or what they meant. Or what they meant. Um, myself and another lad who was, is highly self-aware opened some doors for the younger boys to look into and, um, and it was magical. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. It needs to be normalised, the fact that men can talk to men about themselves and not just this constant alpha, I'm okay bullshit. And, yeah. and how, wait, how good is that, that that's a footy club? Yeah. For me, I mean, I've never played football, but that almost epitomizes the the image of like alpha male kind of like that, you know, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's that atmosphere of yeah. like fucking harden up, can't, you know, like. But at the same time, now it seems to be slowly becoming less about that and more about just being fucking healthy. It's not about like, you know, who can swing the fucking biggest dick around and like, you know, be the hardest anymore. Like, I think those yeah. days are slowly getting behind us. Well, it's another thing as well, right, is that one thing I've known from, uh, you know, having a lot of mates that that have have dedicated a lot of time into their sport, and we've talked about this briefly before, but, like, sporting clubs is such an amazing outlet uh, for all of these things, right? Um, so... But it, it's, it hasn't been quite enough about that actual being raw and honest about what you're feeling or whatever, right? So people love going there because it takes their mind off whatever's going on um, and it gives them an outlet and whatever else. But they're not actually then when the game's done having a chat about, mate, yeah. I fucking whatever this is going on during the week. And as you said, I think that's starting to creep in now. But one of the things I've noticed is, you know, a player that has played for six years or whatever, then will get a job that stops them being able to play because, and they need that job because they're trying to save for a house, and yeah. that will affect their mental health significantly because they've relied on that Saturday, that that you know mm. the beers of the boys afterwards or That's whatever it, it is, or training on a Tuesday or whatever. Yeah, yeah. just having that constant routine, um, or even Definitely. like an injury. You know, someone will do an ACL and that puts them out for a year, and they're yeah. kind of on the sidelines and they're not feeling a part of it. Like that stuff all takes its toll. So, well, the, injury can sometimes. Sorry to cut you off. Injury can no, sometimes right. be. Uh, the end, basically. Yeah. I know when I was 17, like I played soccer from ages like six to, yeah, 17, I guess. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> I never really felt like there was a super macho alpha male kind of vibe going on with soccer. I played with a lot of, um, uh, what, what are they like, Czechs and a lot of Italians and a lot of Greek um, and just a lot, you know, a lot of Europeans, like, you know, um, background people. And I never really got the alpha male kind of vibe from him. Um, but, yeah, 
Unless it, unless it was in the car park with the cars. That's probably the way it comes in. <laughs> the, the cars. It's, it depends on the turbos. That's when it really starts it becoming alpha male. depends on how big your turbo on yeah. your VL is. The amount of, it doesn't matter what you're doing out on the soccer pitch, but if you're not running them 21 pounds of boost, bro, you're in fucking strife. <laughs> your um, fucking snail goes through your fucking bonnet. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah, I never got that vibe um, in soccer. And then... <clears throat> When I was 17, I actually had a bone growing that way out of my knee. So like opposite to the way the, the femur runs. Yep. So I had to get an operation which kind of like cut into my femur to remove this bone that had like kind of grown, like calcified over the years yep. from getting hit in the same spot. Yeah. Um, and then that was it. Never went back and played soccer again. I moved on to like going to the gym. So I've been going to the gym for since 2011 now. So, yeah, a while. But, but it's an insane change-up, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, my dad broke his neck, was playing, like, for Australia, like, under juniors, but, like, was playing for, like, state and Australia junior teams. What sport was that? Soccer. Oh, no shit. Um, and uh, he was a fucking – because he, he uh, grew up in – was born in England. So, right. like, he came over here with, obviously, just a well-above-average yeah. level of talent. Um, and, yeah, broke his neck in high school and, and, obviously, you know, that affected him to the point of – not being able to even really go to the gym and do that stuff, you know? So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, you know, that's something that obviously always creates a lot of what ifs, but it's interesting. Like, I always think about look, my, my old man is one of those people who I draw a lot of mindset inspiration from um, because, you know, he's even said to me himself, he's like, oh, well, if it didn't happen that way, I wouldn't have met your mum and I wouldn't have had mm. you guys and I wouldn't be as happy as I am now, which is such an path. amazing uh, way to look at something that's so. Yeah, uh, you know, career ending for his soccer well, and, and yeah. whatever else. Like, who knows what could have been, but but obviously that was meant to be his journey. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, mental health in sport is just yeah a lot, a lot different nowadays. Yeah, and I it's, think it, I think it's coming a long way. And like, yeah, I think it's just something that again we these kind of community and hubs and whatever that that's that revolve around sport are so important and so integral for mental health without even having the conversations right as i said it's something that's so important to maintaining people's mental health because it gives them something to look forward to and it forces them to see their friends and it and it, and it creates a level of discipline and all of those things so i think that the sporting itself can't be understated but if you're then carrying around all of this other personal shit and then you're going to your sporting club and you're surrounded by these people and and they're not able to help you process what it is that you're going through, um, that can be tough as yeah. well. You know, it can be kind of isolating and that's the kind of thing that can drive people away from that or into a depression where they don't feel like doing sport anymore or well, whatever. That's it, Because man. they've not been out. So I just think hearing stories like that um, and and – that's something we want to see more of. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, my uncle is actually a sports psychologist. That's what he does for a job. Yeah, wow. So on an elite level, I think he even does um, <clears throat> deals with like Olympians and stuff like that. Yeah, wow. But um, yeah, he, he, it's basically like his job to go in and like, you know, let's say if, if it's the 10 pin bowling, the Australian 10 pin bowling team or whatever it may be, he'll go in there and then he'll have his practices and it's all about keeping them focused and positive and like the morale staying high and stuff like that. And like, yeah, you, you, you often you when you hear about training on a, or with sports and stuff like that, you hear about like your physio and the, you know, like the all the other kind of stuff that are involved with that, but people don't often talk about the the mental side of the training no. as well. No, that's right. Um, and because it is a very like your your peak athletic career is a very short window. Um, so a lot of people don't talk to these 
people, especially in the higher levels. You yeah. know, if you look at your AFL stars and your Olympians and your UFC fighters and all of these people where there is a very short window where they're at their best and if they get injured for a chunk or if they go on a losing streak or if they're in a bad yeah. team or whatever it may be. Um, and so what's happening more these days, which wasn't happening before, is, is you know, that mental preparation for what if these events happen that you're um, – what if – you know, it doesn't go the way that you planned it. What if there is a career-ending injury? What if something cuts it short? And what if you're just what if your time's just done? Yeah. What are the next steps that you're going to take to prepare for the rest of the life? Because depression and and suicide and all of those things in in sportsmen that have finished up and just have no nothing else. You know, that's it. Yeah, footy is a very big like AFL is a very big one because these lads. Uh, like go into like their local development squads at like six, so for like under 17s, under 18s. Yeah, and then they're done by 35. Yeah. Like. And from that time, like they might, if they are finishing school, right, and then they uh, you know, start doing these developments, which doesn't give them a lot of time to, to work a full-time job, they'll probably finish school. Then if they get drafted, um, or at least make it to sandfall level where it pays enough that they're working like a, an average job. Yeah. Then they do make it for the rest of their career. Then there's nothing – they've never known what working like a 40-hour type week is or That's for, it. A, for a boss type thing. Yeah. Like it's a completely different they'd, world. They'd come out 35 and they've just spent the last 20 years of their life playing footy or playing football or whatever the sport is, and they're like, well, I'm only fucking 35 and yeah. I have no, you know, I wouldn't know how to run a business, I wouldn't know how to do this, I've got no trade behind me or some of them, some footy players do, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, There's a lot more of that now. They're yeah. like actually putting them through, you know, they finish their school and then they turn 18 and then in as a part of their thing, they're like, okay, you're studying while you're now getting paid it's your only smart, for footy. Really. Yeah. Um, because, A, it just a... It furthers their learning and their advancement and everything anyway, and sharp. it gives them something to fall back on. That's it. Man. If they do that ACL twice in two years yep. and go, "Yep, I'm done," yep. and now they're only 23 and they're like, "Oh shit, I've got to start." Well, they maybe they <laughs> yeah. finish their degree or something in that time. So yeah, um, yeah, I think we, we are coming a, a long way. Um, but what I wanted to tonight, we wanted to this time kind of give a little bit more of the numbers. And there was a couple of things today, man, that I looked at that. I found were quite shocking. There's things that most people are aware of, but it's still pretty. Um, it's still yeah. pretty confronting. Well, the thing with like, the thing is with a lot of these numbers and like the ones that I can see that you've got here, um, a lot of these uh, numbers just aren't publicized because mm. they don't publicize these deaths. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that it's kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not buried on purpose, but like you can understand why they don't report on this kind of stuff. You well, know. It's more that they don't talk about it enough. Like yeah. it's they report on it. If you go and do what I did today and start digging for numbers, you can find stuff, but they don't talk about it. Like, for example, here's the one that I find hilarious, right? So we're looking at this is the from 2017, this is deaths across the world. We'll go yeah. into the Australia stuff after, right? Yeah. So deaths across the world, right? So let's start with like um uh like drowning is two hundred and ninety-five thousand, right? So yeah. two hundred and ninety-five people. 95,000 people um, drown. Drug use and alcohol use is, is about 150 to 200,000. And then suicide sits well above even homicide at 400,000 yeah. at nearly 800,000, yeah. just below HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Now, if you think about how much you hear about, you know, yeah, alcohol and drug use um, and um, uh, what was the other one I said? Uh, even like homicide or, or drowning. Yeah. Um, to think that suicide pretty much smashes all of them out the park and is only just short of, of um, HIV and AIDS. 
The thing that I laughed at when I looked at this today, though, was second on the entire list, terrorism. 26,000. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Now, See, how do, they, how do they categorize something as terrorism? Because what is terrorism? Because, like, with everything that's going on at the moment in America, I almost feel like Antifa is a bit of a fucking terrorist organization. Jesus Christ. But just to think about and to get very slightly conspiratorial, but to think about the amount of fucking fear propaganda that has been pushed down our throats, similar to what's happening right now with Rona, um, about terrorism yeah. and for it to fall so fucking low on that number um, just absolutely cements what a load of shit that has been. Yeah. Um, for all the freedoms that they took from us, for all the security that they increased, for all the facial recognition fucking software that all got developed in the under the guise of protecting us from terrorism, when all they've done now is replace the word terrorism with coronavirus and you're yeah. getting the exact same shit yeah. now that we need to be protected from this fucking thing that just doesn't pose well, a genuine you, risk. Did you see that the uh, CDC quietly in the background unannounced released the uh, latest numbers about how many people are actually dying. And I think you said five and I heard six, so let's just go with five. I think it's six. Right. I've been seeing it lots of memes six. now. Okay. Yep, six percent. So six, actually only six percent of these deaths are directly from coronavirus, which means that what, fucking 90-something percent is like you die in a car crash but you had coronavirus in your system, so you died of coronavirus. Yep. It you just makes no cancer. sense. It just makes no sense. You had lung cancer. You were close to death just due to natural causes and like aging. Any of those things where you yeah. have, I can't remember what they call it, but multiple something or others. Um, Pre-existing is, conditions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Comorbidity. Comorbid yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, is uh, diagnosed or is counted as a coronavirus death. And we saw that guy from in a Melbourne press conference come out and say the same thing, that a lot of them were comorbidity, morbidity. Um, and, yeah, that's just insane. Again, we've all been locked up and, and, and yeah. lost jobs and businesses shut down and, and suicides. Yeah. And again, about, we, yeah. I can't wait to see... Not that I can't wait. Like yeah, it's but a good I don't thing, mean you want to be able to see these numbers that justify this fucking lockdown because how many people, are, when everything fucking shut down and in Melbourne currently everything would be still shut down because they're fucking Nazi state over there. But it's like, um, you know, how many people would have lost their jobs, which means in turn that they lost their house, which means that their wife left them, which means that they lost their kids at the same time. I can, you can see that fucking spiral come down and then you you, you, you kind of understand why some people don't have the mental fortitude to take that on because like the world's falling apart from a virus, I've lost my house, I've lost my job, I've lost my fucking wife, what more do I need? Like, you know. And what if it like, it's, and it's not just suicide as well, what about the rate of depression? What about the rate of alcohol dependence? You know, I yeah, saw it and it's abuse. a hilarious meme but it's like, um, it, you know, a reflection of exactly what I'm talking about and how alcohol uh, alcoholism would become a massive thing out of this. It's like, which Dan looked after you better? And it's like a photo of Dan from Dan Murphy's or Dan Andrews. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Hilarious. But yeah. a fucking, uh, a harsh reality behind that meme is that is exactly what people were doing. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, that's um, it, man. They had nothing else to, they had nothing, one, they had nothing else to spend their money on. And two, they had nothing else to spend their fucking time on. So it's like, why wouldn't yeah, you just why be wouldn't there you fucking just fucking neck and, and think about how many people now are going to have rollover carry on you know, alcohol problems yeah. because they've spent the last six months even, you know, 
who knows, it could be the rest of the year or it could be, you know, fucking abusing alcohol because they've had nothing else to do. And it's like, it's also like, you know, I don't know, many moons ago I spent like a little chunk of time out of work, one of the only times I've ever been out of work for more than like two or three weeks. And the longer you're out of work, the harder it is to get back into work because you get into this routine of like, whatever it might be, smashing Xbox, smashing billies, whatever it is, and you're like, the last thing you want to do is wake up at fucking 6 a.m. and go to work. So all of that has a big flow-on effect, man. And if there's then drug dependencies or or alcohol dependencies or or other things that come up throughout that, that's just another demon you've got to overcome before you get back to normalcy. That's it, man. Um, And just, again, someone sent a message to the chat um, the other day Um, And let me see if I can find it because it was very good. I think it was Jess and shout out to Jess. Um, uh, It was basically saying like, um, it was basically saying about how they're not at any stage in time promoting um, health, health, like promoting health, promoting good health as a way to battle. No, 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 that's it. Well, Joe Rogan had a guest on a couple of months ago and they were talking about this exact thing. He was saying... Why the fuck are we going through a worldwide pandemic and they're not promoting healthy lifestyle? They're not saying exercise this amount, get get vitamin D into you, get vitamin C yep. into you, um, you know, like fix your diet, eat as organic as possible. Like it's just they're not saying that. And you and you and I know why they're not. Of course. Let's be real. Yeah. But so like she, she said influenza's killed so many more people that than COVID allegedly has. People are talking about mandating vaccines and yet no one has once talked about the real truth of how to beat viruses with a healthy immune system. Yeah. And that's, that's it. it. Like that Again, there should just be proof in the pudding of, of the fact that they're not even encouraging what is actually like put a mask on. And I've been seeing heaps of people starting to come out now and talk about them getting fungal infections, yeah. about them getting mouth sores, yeah. um, Respiratory about problems. all of these issues from wearing a mask constantly that, again, no well, one's worried about that I looked shit. at a fucking box at a client that I went to. There's a box of masks sitting there. And on the side of the fucking box, it says, does not protect from... SARS-CoV-2. It does not protect you. So it's like, why? Why? And then, like, I've got this little thing. I'll actually send it to you. Um, I've got this little thing which is, like, linked to about seven or eight different um, scientific studies that are pointing to say the exact same thing, that it's it, yeah. it's not protecting you from the virus, so why are you why are you wearing it? You know, so you, you see to- these stupid posts on fucking Facebook where it's like it's got two people standing there and it's like at night time, you know how when it's cold that you can see the shit coming out of your mouth, like the air freezing as it comes out of your mouth? It's got two people standing there, they're blowing at each other and you can see the, um, the mist coming out of their mouths and then one of them wears a mask and the mist is only coming from one other side and they both oh, wear a yeah. mask and no mist is coming out. It's like how the fuck is that proof? But it's stopping it from a virus. you got to think about it like this. If the fucking mask is mesh that's weaved together like that, it's got certain holes of a certain size in it, I can guarantee you that those holes are bigger than the size of the virus. Yeah. Well, someone did a thing. They put a virus under a microscope, and then they show, then they put a mask under a microscope and said, "Look at the two, like th- then like lay them over each other and said those two fucking equations don't add up. Like that's going straight through there." Yeah. Look, um, I, I wear I wear a mask where I have to because I have to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not going to fucking kick up a fuss like to somebody and be like, "Oh, fucking just look at the science." I'm not one of them like anti-masker fucking you know like Karens that are going to roll around and start fights and shit because like I'd rather just keep the peace. But the thing is. 
is, is there's a lot of science, well, there has been a lot of science already coming out saying that if you're wearing it for the purpose, strictly of the purpose to stop from the virus, then it's ineffective. So yeah. I'm sure there probably would be like medical grade N95 masks that work because they're designed to do that. Mm -hmm. But the general but these... blue face mask that you see people sitting in their own car by themselves wearing, you're just like, dude. It makes no sense. And um, it's also like the, they, so the box has to say does not protect from this on the side of it because they've got to cover themselves because they know it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, because they do know it doesn't, yeah. But yet the government can just be like, no, 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 this is protecting everyone. Yeah, you've got, you got to wear this. It's just a control thing, man. That's it's just it, to bro. see how Simple willing we are just to fucking go, oh, yeah, look, government said we got to do it, so we got to do it. And see how far look, they can the push The proof's it. in the fucking pudding. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, getting anyway. back to the, the the statistics that we were going through. Yes. Um, and as I said, we'd like to see what this these rates, I mean, these are from about 2018, I believe. Um yeah. But it will be interesting to see what, um, how much that has increased through this year and in the in the following years, um, based well, yeah. on on what we're enduring. So, it, the the main ones here from the Lifeline website say eight Australians die every day by suicide. That's more than double the road toll, which yeah. is pretty. Again, yeah. you hear more about fatalities on the road. Every news article, every yeah. single news bulletin, they put up like a check mark of like, oh, look at another road toll, which is still horrific, like not taking anything away from it. Oh, but no. The imagine, roads are fucking dangerous. Imagine place. if they were giving that much spotlight to suicides, yep. right? Yep. Um, so 75% uh, of those who take their own life are male. And that is insane. It is. So if you think that every day eight Australians and of those eight, six um, are blokes... That is why we are echoing this, 100%. this male needing to to break down these walls. And so the f interesting thing is, is that attempts on their own life is higher in females. Yeah, okay. But the suicide rate is they higher in males. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's something that, you know, we, we make sure we're... Because a lot um, of females have a more direct community-driven structure, group to support them, support group. Yeah. Whereas males, they can often find, you know, that that um, they've got a couple of close friends, but they're like, nah, I don't want to burden these friends with like yeah. my problems. Or they'll bring it up to their friends once or twice, and then their friends will be like, oh, you know, Justin, just stop talking about it, man. You know, she dumped you, get over it, kind of thing. Yeah. And then, and and then, you know, because they're sick of it. Yeah. Um. And then that's the final straw. You know, you never know what the final straw is going to be, man. That's, yeah. And that's the hard thing, man. I think uh, the the big thing that I identify as well, and and we've touched on this before, is just that there's no um, there's no encouragement about speaking when we're young adults. Yeah. Um, it's you're made to feel weak for speaking. You're made to feel like a girl, which is the worst thing. But I'm saying that's like that very barbaric yeah. and archaic thing. Like, oh, stop sucking your girl. Yeah. Oh, you're being a little girl, whatever. Which is just the most fucking backwards. Um, way of, of thinking about this stuff. And, um, yeah, and, and it's just been – it's such a, a cascading effect downwards where the, you know, your, your dad's dad was that hard, particularly if you think about, like, our generation now, right? So you've got these – and we know how prevalent it is in returning veterans. And, yet oh, yeah, you've got these blokes that have come back from the war and then they've been, you know, cold and disjointed with their son who PTSD. has then got no idea how to process that emotion. Yeah. And then that's usually the person who's had our dad who again has um has has flowed on that as well and then 
And then it comes to us and like we are in this position where we've grown up in this age of information and this age of technology and we've and we've start to see a, a light shined on it. Um, but that's you got to think that's still very recent. Yeah, man. You, know, you think about internet being available in everyone's household has only really happened in the last like less than twenty years, um, and uh, you know, so this this information and and these you know being able to just Google these statistics and find this kind of information if yeah. it's something that you're passionate about, and there being any sort of grassroots effort to because as we said, there's no one on the news going. Oh, like look at the suicide rate. Like we really need to. Here's the numbers for Lifeline. Yeah. Here's the numbers for Beyond Blue. They're not doing that, nah. right? Um, you know, there's speed. They'll spend all this money on speed cameras and whatever else to protect our lives, but there's no money being invested into this stuff. That's see, that's the thing, man. Like the the whole guys. It's like the magic word. The 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 golden bullet from the government is safety. Yeah. And like you see, oh, we we're only putting 15 new speed cameras in tomorrow and 30 the next week. For your safety, it's not and about it's just like, revenue. It's it's like I, I'm str- Like I had a look. I struggled to find a fucking statistic that ac- accurately represented the speed cameras were even doing anything, yeah. uh, other than revenue raising, which we all know that's what they're fucking for. Yeah. So you, I understand that like going going 200 k's an hour in an 80 zone is pretty fucking stupid, but going 85 in an 80 zone. Is is not gonna is not gonna save your life if you crash into a tree you're dead it doesn't yeah. matter it's you know what I mean it's it's like it's it, it but it comes down to common sense and it comes down to the lowest common denominator there are a lot of stupid ass people out there that just one don't have care for themselves and two don't have care for others um so that's that's why they're implementing all these strict rules and all these things and that's why they're saying and that's why they got to make these blanket rules. But it's just we can just see that these blanket rules are so obviously overdone. Yeah, and it, and again, you you have to look at what ones are they focusing on—the ones that they can make money from. Yeah, you know, if they cared about our safety, they wouldn't be fucking offering cigarettes on the shelf or or offering you know alcohol to us, knowing the damage that it can cause. Yep. But if they can capitalize and make money on it, then that seems to be okay. Yeah, that's why weed's illegal. It's why they're not giving a shit about our mental health because there's no way to. Uh, monetize it, it's right? Exactly there's right, nothing. Man. There's no benefit in them promoting healthy lifestyles because they can't make money off it. Yeah, they try you, to. They try to by having, like every you know, you look at the the simple fact that you go to some sort of um, you know fast food restaurant and if they do offer a salad, which is going to be the most over processed salad of all time, yeah. But you know, you're looking at your your sixteen dollars for this bloody thing, but you can get two burgers and and chips yeah. and a coke and whatever for for less than that price. I think, I think we. We've talked about that before, actually. I think we've actually touched on this already where we're saying that we, we said that, like, why in the in the grand scheme of things, why is a fucking salad $9 and a burger $1.50? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, all this stuff, and considering how much waste, um, like food waste per year, um, like worldwide, is just, like, wasted, thrown away, rots, rah, rah. How about you just cut back the amount you make of that shit and focus on getting food healthy and cheap and then let's have all these other bits and pieces like burgers and all these other things that were currently cheap be expensive. Let's fucking flip the table. Yeah. Because, but once again, you and I know and a lot of people know that uh, when you have healthy people, the pharmaceutical industry doesn't have any customers. No. So... It kind of leads you down that rabbit hole like, a bit more, but we won't go down there any further because that's a whole episode in itself. Yeah, but it's just interesting again that, you know, 
when we we talk about this all the time and it's like when you are thinking that the far-fetched things that we're saying are crazy, how can you not look at these things like we're saying and saying that there's money invested into speed cameras, there's money invested into these things but not into the things that are very obvious like fucking ban smoking, Um, you know, ban this junk food or, or do inquiries into, you know, how much actual fucking meat is in these things or care about this kind of stuff yeah. uh, and or stop giving us fucking bullshit. Tell us, be tr- honest with us. Say, we, if you go over the fucking speed limit, we're getting money from you, ha-ha, dickhead. Instead of telling us that you're protecting lives. Yeah, exactly Instead right. of making yeah. it seem like you care, just be honest. Be like, I'd rather that. Rather the, the, that see, than be thing. like, yeah, they well, can't. you know what? Then I did it. I was a dickhead. I went through the fucking speed camera. Yeah. Here's the cash. But when you pretend that you're doing it under the guise while also – Maybe there is an element. Maybe, you know, I know that there's been some things, but I'm sure to some degree it makes some little bit of safety. But don't pretend like that's your focus when you're not caring about all of these other incredibly unfucking safe things. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I feel like that driving a car 10Ks an hour over the speed limit, so going to like say 70 in a 60 zone, is significantly less dangerous than somebody driving a car from 1983. Yeah. Like that's it. I, it. I could almost guarantee it would probably like driving an older car would probably triple or quadruple the amount dangerous than driving ten k an hour over the speed limit. Yeah, because it just doesn't have because it of doesn't those. have any, it doesn't have air. Like you think about these new these new cars and they've got like airbags in the in the A pillar and the B pillar and your, your legs and fucking all over the back and the back of the seats and it's just like you know what I mean it's just it it makes the fatality like rate a lot lower. Well, there is an inverse to that, though, in that in 1983 and earlier, they actually made cars out of fucking materials that were made to withstand fucking impact. Now they make them out of fucking cardboard and you watch them have the slightest bit of impact and fold into fucking a well, million pieces. That's so the thing. They, yeah. have to make, they, they have to make cars now to uh, basically when they both hit each other, they have to make it so it's the highest probability of both people surviving. Yeah. Whereas before it would be like, you know, both cars are rigid, but if you had this rigid-ass car ramming into like just the wrong spot of this other car, they would survive, but the other people would die. So basically like they're making these cars so they like, they both crumple kind of like, like, you know, they try and even out the fucking... And, that, and then that's why they have more airbags yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, try and it, soften the blow. It is proven well, technology. We, got weird. we went on a weird fucking tangent down into car safety down. <laughs> yeah, from car safety down. Cars. Down the postman pat fucking um, driveway. Should, should we have a quick break here all right, and come brother. back? And, all right, sounds Let's good. <laughs> car safety down. Well, yeah, that was a very interesting little tangent. My little um, treasure box was a lot more full than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a fucking tangent. That was almost a very big tangent into forgetting <laughs> that we were even recording a podcast if, if we fucking got headfirst into that thing. But oh, anyway. Anyway. Um, um, where, where were we, bros? So we were, before we were talking about the car park of fucking... I don't even remember, 21 pounds of boost. No, that was way earlier. No, that was way um, earlier. 21 pounds of safety, we talking about bros. that fucking 13B, like fucking <laughs> RX-7, bro. <laughs> uh, the fucking red line at fucking 13 and a half, bro. the red line. Um, we were talking about mental health. Yeah, we were and, talking about statistics. Um, so I think we got up to, yeah, so 75% of those uh, who take their own life are male. 
which is where that uh, we kind of started that whole tangent. Yeah. Um, because it, it's just crazy. Like it, it is. It's such an insane thing. And again, it's starting to become more spoken about now. Um, and that's yeah, what we were sort of talking about is that like we have to like you know I've I've got a son now, and I know that I'm going to encourage having in-depth conversations with him yeah. about whatever it is, even if it's uncomfortable for him and maybe at times he'll resent how over the top I'm being or for whatever, sure. but it will, it'll pay off. Yeah, because it'll he'll have a healthy off. mindset as he's going through the hardest period of his life. Yeah, and even if, you know, me saying you can talk to me or whatever, but by fostering that talking to him about stuff or trying to get stuff out of him or, or demonstrating him that I'm genuinely interested in what's going on and that I'm not just trying to get goss or I'm not just yeah. trying to, yeah. uh, you know, find out what he's up to and that I'm actually just wanting to make sure he's okay. That is the kind of stuff that will give him that belief to that he can come and speak to me. Yeah. Um, well, isn't, there, isn't there a movie or, I don't know, no, I think it was maybe the Kevin Hart um, podcast on the Joe Rogan experience. Yep. He was saying about how with his kids – they've got a, a thing where it's like, uh, is it like truth time or something like that? It's like you can call this time. It's kind of like a timeout, but it's not a timeout. It's like you call this, let's just call it truth time. You call truth time and you have to tell the truth about how you're feeling yep. in that, you know you know what I mean? And you can't, sorry, like, the, like you know, um, Kevin couldn't get angry at his daughter at anything she says during truth time. Yep. You know, and, and she couldn't get pissy at him for anything that he said during truth time. It's it's like a, it's like a 30 second block that he dedicates to going, all right, what's, what's going on here? You know yep. what I mean? Like, and now it's not going to spout off into it's a not massive gonna, thing. It's not going to, so, you know, if she says, look, I... I stole your um, VL turbo and I blew the turbo and I'm stressed, you know, and, and he can't get angry. You yep. know what I mean? He just has to like process it and he allow has, it to. Yeah, yeah. All of those kind of things, man. Like, and again, it's not going to be a one size fits all, but the more that we are conscious about the need to break down these archaic things, like we said, that it's, you know, that it's, that it's soft or, or weak to be upset or to cry or to yeah. feel emotions or to want to talk about emotions, like all of those things. And it's still hard. Like I had a mate recently who, uh, you know, I didn't, I only knew he was going through a rough patch mentally because his missus was telling my missus that that was a thing. Right. And so then I said to his missus that I was going to come around and, and just, um, you know, uh, try and broach the subject and whatever because, you know, like we're demonstrating here, I, I feel like I've got some sort of knowledge. Bro, I was there for three fucking hours before I managed to just start the conversation. Yeah. Because he didn't know that I was going to do of it. Of course, yeah. Um, and, and I wanted to so badly but I just didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable or I yeah. didn't want him to shell up. And, and, you didn't I, want and, to, and you didn't want to go there, walk through the door and be like, what's going what's on? What's going on? How are you feeling? Exactly. So it was such a like – and I know so I'm, I'm trying to live in the moment of just hanging out with him like we always um, like we always do and I just uh, – it was so hard to start that. And that's that, the that's, thing. That's, that's how it should be though. You should – I feel like these conversations when they happen and like they should happen naturally and they should happen – it shouldn't be like – I've got a problem. All right, the boys fucking get in their cars and come around, and they all sit down like an intervention style. That's not. Yep. That's not how it should be. It should be. Oh, you know, Josh is having a hard time. Uh, you know, well, I, we don't know what to do. All right, comes over, sits down, have a game of fucking, you know, Gran Turismo or whatever, and <laughs> halfway through, you just like, fuck, man, you know. 
So what's been going on with you, you know, like yep. more more natural about it and then because I think maybe that's where a lot of people are getting getting stunted in this kind of thing is like they maybe feel like if they're going to open up to their friends or something like that, it's it's going to be like a real intense um, intervention style fucking, you know, fiasco where yeah. it should just be a, a conversation like we're having now. You yeah. know? And if there's something wrong, you, you can just open your eyes and open your mouth and, you know, in, or, and open your ears, both of yous, and listen and go back and forth and get a good dialogue going on. I think a good thing to do as well is like be – the more that you're – you know, if you, let's say you're in a position like I was where you're trying to get some – not get something out of them but like allow them to the opportunity to vent about what it is that that's going on and they obviously don't want to burden you with it. Yeah. You know, try and, and use something – that you're going through at the moment that you feel might start that, you know, talk about what you've been struggling with or whatever and try and yeah. foster that conversation. Yeah, that's it. Because um, if they feel like they can relate, then they'd, they'd be more open. Because so if you're going, oh, fuck, man, like, man, my job's been thrashing me lately, you know, I'm fucking not yeah, getting paid and overtime and it's, you know, and, and then they're like, oh, yeah, man, fuck. And then, and then that and then all of a sudden floodgates open. Yeah. But even like the other night, um, our, our good uh, friend and personal roadie, um, Rookie Rookerson, um, came to one of my comedy shows last week and then he is the maddest cunt ever and drove me all the way home from the city even though it's well past where he lives. So shout out to that fucking dickhead who's definitely two metres behind me. <laughs> um, uh, we were on the way home, obviously talking absolute fucking waffle for the entire time. And then not long before I was getting back, I was like, I just said to him, I'm like, oh, by the way, man, how are you doing with – um, you're either half away on placement, five hours away at the moment. Yeah. And we just had a good conversation about that whole thing and whatever. And it's like, that, again, just that that kind of conversation. You know what I mean, just making sure that you are being conscious of what other people are going through at the moment and, and the question that they might yeah. need or they might not. They might be completely fine. And they might be like, and it's but all sweet. And they're still yeah. going to appreciate the fact that you subconscious or that you consciously thought of for sure. what they're going through at the moment and ask the question and make sure they're okay. Because again, for people like us as well, who are so prevalent with the absolute shit talk. Oh, yeah, we tame um, it down for this. Yeah, that's we right. We Like down. we were when we were away weekend before last, like and it's just fucking talking about octobees and fucking- You couldn't put a microphone um, to it and expect anyone to be able to listen no. to it. So being <laughs> able to find that separation because a lot of blokes are like that, right? Yeah. It, it becomes very waffy. It becomes very- um, you know, all my schoolmates are, 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 you know, we're probably very big culprits and it's something I'm trying to bring more into that group. And it's it's kind of something I find it's easier to do when we're, if I'm hanging out with one of my schoolmates, um, as opposed to all of them, I can start to have these kind of conversations because there's not this crowd. Um, well, yeah. So when I have that group, which we've had, I've had for 15 years, but for the majority of our friendship, it's been all or nothing. You know what I mean? Like we're all at the house or at least there's 80% of us there. It's very, it's harder in that setting. Like when that guy sent us that message about having the chat with like six of them, that's a very big thing because yeah. it's hard to be able to get three, four, five, six blokes all being completely open and honest because you're thinking that there's five people possibly judging you or exactly five right. people yeah. that don't then, understand when you. When there's or, more people that could possibly be, you know, it's almost like an ego competition. Somewhat, yeah. you know, like when, you know, it's just you and this one person, they're fine. But when there's three, four, five other people there, you know, two of these people might have this kind of insecurity 
within themselves to want to be the alpha or want to portray themselves as the alpha. So they will instantly shut down that kind of conversation or breeze over that kind of conversation for that reason. And it only takes one of those blokes to go, oh, you're a bunch of fucking pussies and the whole thing shut down. Exactly right. So those situations are so much harder, which makes him saying that that happened such a, uh, an incredible thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's just about identifying those opportunities to, to check in, being aware of the things that people are going through, you know, thinking about have they mentioned stuff about their job? Like, and if they touch on, yeah, work's been shit going like you know what I mean? Like give them the opportunity to go harder on that. Don't don't just be like, oh yeah, me too. Like maybe that's them trying to to give you that cue that they want to, yeah. that they're really actually struggling. Yeah. And it's about us just being so much more aware because we can get caught up in our own bubbles sometimes. Definitely, definitely. Um, and if we are going through something similar, we sometimes have that natural urge to just be like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, this has been happening and, and you've just, you know, completely taken your own thing there instead of being like, hold being, on a second. Being open to them, yeah. It's, it's It becomes like you use your mouth more than your ears and like yeah. I guess like there is going to be a time. If you've got a problem and there's something you want to talk about that's been catalyzed by somebody else saying something, that's cool. Um, but if they've started saying something, I feel like you should you should use your ears instead of your mouth for a little bit, you know what yep. I mean? Like, and if you want to relate to them, go, yeah, no shit, me too. And then they're like, yeah, and then rah, 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 and then rah, rah, and you're like, oh, yeah, dude, I, I feel you. And then once that once there's like a bit of a gap in a conversation or he, 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 they start to like, you know, wind down a little bit, you can be like, yeah, man, and like, you know, I feel you because mine X and did this and X did this and whatever, you know, like. And because there's nothing more... When someone does that whole, you know, if you've done one shit, I've done two kind of thing. Yes. So yes. you're telling them that you've, and, and I think that's one thing again that you find. Oh, look, it's in, I, you do notice it in females as well, actually, when they're, oh, when they're feeling um, competition. But you will see blokes that will have that whole, again, that alpha mentality where it's like, you know, if, you, if you're if you going through this, then theirs is worse. And, 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 you know, that kind of stuff, that's only working negatively against what we're talking about trying to achieve here. And yeah. exactly what you say, man, like that's right on the money that you've just got to like use your ears and, and lend that personal thing. And, and re- like think you'll get your chance to vent. If that's now triggered something in you, like they mentioned something and you've gone, oh, wait, yeah, I have been struggling, but obviously, you know, give them the opportunity and then they will likely give you theirs as well. And, 100%, you, can, and you can build on it and... Um, uh, and have a really constructive chat. And as soon as you start, as soon as you start doing that more and more, then it's going to become, become natural. You know, so it's yeah. like exercising that muscle in your brain. We talked about that a bit last time. Um, and if then, you know, the next time you see him, you're like, oh man, we were talking about that. How's everything going? And then they're going, oh, it's better or it's worse and or whatever it may be. That's been the thing that's been missing for for however long is that we haven't ingrained it in ourselves to to actually do those check-ins. Like I find myself now, man, just messaging mates all the time. That I have. It's a bit hard now because I've lost so many of my fucking contacts with old Facebook being gone. But yeah. all the time I just scroll through my Facebook and I'd go back like a little while. So go back three or four months and just be like, fuck, bang, need to check in. Hey, man, yeah, how you going? Yeah. Go back a little bit further. Yeah, fuck, we didn't. That's didn't actually even... something I wish I could do more often. Well, I wish I did do more often and I really probably should do it more often. There's a lot of people out there that I still love and I deeply care for. But um, like, as you know, I just don't use social media that much. Yeah. I just, um, I, it's not that I, I try and avoid it or anything. It's just, I just don't, just don't. Yeah. Is it, man? Like, um, and yes, I, I really should, I really should actually, you know, just go bigger, like go to a lot of people, go like, oh, what's, what's going on? How you doing? You know what I mean? Or because, yeah, because these people would probably want to, they'd appreciate it and two, they might need to talk. So I, um, I had a message recently from someone who 
it actually blew my mind and it, ha- it had me, it was just after, you know, I said that someone I used to go to school with um, uh, had had taken his own life. I used to work with him at Hungry Jack's. We yeah, weren't, I remember saying. We weren't amazingly close, but it was it was something where it was still just, it was close to home and it was someone who, again, it was that classic uh, thing of you you never expected them to, to, to be the person that would do it like you do with so many of them. Well, that's always the way, man, um, yeah. So it came as a bit of shock, but around that time, and I was, I don't know, it hit me hard because of just everything that we're talking about. You know, I'm someone who's been trying to promote this stuff uh, for a long time. And and so though hearing someone that has done that and, and, and everything really hits me hard, but I got a message from someone in that time. Beer break. That um <laughs> that really- What um, beer is that? Sorry, just cut you off. What beer is that? Great Northern. Oh, the classics. Yeah. The white, the white fish. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, I've never heard this whole white fish, black fish. You haven't thing heard the white tonight. fish, black. Really? No. Yeah. Um, we'll let rookie tell a story at the end about the white fish, black right. fish, courtesy <laughs> of Ace. Um, <laughs> yeah. He just yelled out, "I'm too high for that." <laughs> and this is why we don't smoke before um, uh. casting. So anyway, I um, I got this message from uh, this this friend of mine and. She said to me, I know this is going to seem so random, uh, but when we were back in high school and my father passed away, you were one of the only people or if not the only person who rang me on the day that it happened. Yeah. You just called me and, and I basically sat out in my backyard crying and you talked to me on the phone for like two hours. Yeah. And she's like, I've never actually told you not only how much that meant, but how much you that might also be possibly the reason that I'm still here. Wow. And it fucking blew me away. Yeah, like it man, was just, and it, we're talking like 15 years ago. And yeah. she's like, I never, and it, what was so interesting about it was that A, I had no idea that it was that big of a thing. Like I've just always, I talk about in my stand up how I was the dude who was just always on the phone to girls or whatever. Yeah. But I've just, I've always had that mentality. Like I've just wanted to help people. And if my stupid, Glass half full, silver lining finding way of looking at things could help anyone. Then I'm I'm happy to sit there and have these conversations. I'm not a selfish person who's like I don't have time to do this shit. Um, you know, I've always wanted to use my my voice for good in, for sure. in that way. Um, and to get that message. But what was so crazy about it as well is that like she wanted to tell me that for so long, but had even felt stupid about the significance of that phone call because after that time we kind of slowly as you do starting to get out of high school and whatever else you know you just naturally um grow apart from so many people yeah and that it took her 15 years to actually tell me the significance of it and it was because i was you know putting some posts up on facebook about reaching out to people because that person had just passed away and and that was someone that that she knew as well um and i just found that so insane Um, and so crazy and and amazing and that's that right there is the importance of what i just said about you know he said you should probably take time it it is the 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 best thing that you can possibly do because we were just good friends at the time and i she'd had a bad day and i thought i'd give her a call um and not knowing that that two-hour conversation or whatever it was may now be instrumental in why she's here and has a family and, and all of this stuff for sure man um it's worth it. It's worth every it definitely twenty is. second thing that you take just to go. Hey, man, I just want to make sure that that's you're all doing it takes. okay. Yeah, that's all it um, takes. Man. It can just reboot the system for some people. You know, yeah. they can be having a rough time and thinking, "Wow, like I'm feeling disjointed and whatever else." And then you get a message from someone you haven't spoken to in six months or a year, and they're like, "What am I stressed about?" You know, yeah. like if that person can can have the random thought to send me a message and and tell me they love me and that they hope that I'm okay, then what am I what am I worried about? Because because it bucks loneliness, man. You know, like I've, I've experienced that a lot 
throughout the years, even though I've never been, I've, I would have, ne- I would never classify myself as being a lonely person. I've always had family. I've always had friends that love me. I've always had close friends. But everybody goes through that period where they feel lonely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And exactly what you were saying then is probably what was happening in their heads. They were sitting there and they were just feeling flat out lonely, man. They were like, I have all these people, but they all feel so far away. Um, and then like a little fucking buzz comes through and they look and then it's just a little message saying, I hope you're all right. And it instantly like fucking throws the world right back at their face. Yeah. That's all it takes. Cause I know when I, when I, you know, a couple of years ago when like, I was battling depression, like really bad com- compared to, you know, what it's been lately. Um, that's what, that was such a big thing that like, I don't know, not to say I never got it, but like, I don't know. I just, loneliness and doubt were like the two biggest things. For me, and I know I don't know we we wanted to talk about doubt a little bit because I feel like maybe maybe doubt is more like maybe doubt is more rep- represents anxiety and loneliness represents depression. Yeah, I think that's a very good way. Um, of putting it. Because a lot like a lot of my my mental health problems have has always been around doubt, and it's been about doubting whether I'm good enough for somebody, whether I'm good enough to achieve my goals and my dreams or, you know, whether I like, you know, just any form of doubt has what's probably been the biggest plague on my mind, uh, you know, basically my whole life. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very interesting that maybe, I mean, you can't talk for anybody else because you, you don't live in anybody else's shoes, but maybe mental health is like a person will have anxiety, but the, rep- the the emotion will be doubt or the, the the thought will be doubt. And then someone else could have anxiety and the thought will be something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, yeah. that, that's what makes it really hard. It's so to, complex. To, yeah, to, to put an umbrella term over just like the big umbrella being me- like a mental illness, you know, that's mm-hmm. the most fucking broad thing ever. But, you know, I feel like maybe in the future when we go and we start tackling, you know, anxiety and depression, we should get down to okay, yeah, you've got anxiety, but what's the actual emotion or what's the actual thought that's like catalyzing that? And then if, yeah, and and if in my case, it would be doubt, you know? And that's something I always used to say to Erica. Like she would say, I feel anxious. And I'm like, but talk to me about what is the, what is the drive? What is the thing that your brain is telling you about right now? Right. You're, you're telling me you're feeling anxious, which is, is exactly what's happening, but it's kind of like a very broad way of saying the feeling that you're having. But what is it that's, what is it that your brain's communicating to you right now? What is it telling you that you are not going to have a good time doing or that you're going to fail at or that you're going to do all of these things? One of the best things I've ever heard is like anxiety is like taking your imagination and using it for evil because it is, it's, it, it just will concoct all of the wonder things to tell you that you can't do something or that there's no point you doing something or that no one wants you there or that no one wants to listen. Um, and it's just that it's that absolute self-deprecation. And what I wanted to talk about with that a bit as well is I was watching a, an incredible um, – actually, before I even go into that, I wanted to say about – I talked about last time that I was like, yeah, man, I, I think like I used to have like a, a bit of bad anxiety back when I was like 18 and I talked about, you know, I used to always be stressed about going into town, always thought something was going to happen. Yeah. And that was definitely a time. But then I, the, when I left and I listened to that podcast back, I thought about more times and it's like I've yeah. had jobs over the years and this is a very common thing and we haven't really talked too much about the employment stuff, but that's where – a lot of people have their biggest anxiety oh, stuff definitely. is to do with jobs because the because what's on the line is your living, and yeah. and I'll, and, I'll, and like the um, if you're going to call it the, like the job market or how what, whatever the way that you know jobs are structured is just so fucking outdated, man. Yeah. It's like you've got 
one or two people who are in power and then everybody else has to be subservient to that person. And I understand if they own the business, it's their business. It's like you understand that. You know, you can't if they if they want something done, you gotta do it. But it's just like it should it should be implemented in a different way. It mm-hmm. should be you've got an owner and then you've got the workers and they work as a team. It's it's like a it's instead, instead of going I say this, you do this. If you do not do this, you do not have a job. You do not have money. Instead of instead of it being like that, it should be more like I am with you on here, and we are going to achieve this. It's like being a leader instead of being a boss, basically. Yeah. And look, and they, I can't remember what the quote is, but they always say like you know, leaders and and, and bosses make the job, not the job. Doesn't yep. matter what the job is, unless yep. it's something un reasonable to expect of a human being but it doesn't matter how hard the work is if you feel like your boss is working just as hard um and that you're all working towards a common goal and that whatever else it's amazing what you can achieve it's amazing like my job at the moment is some right now it's pretty cruisy but sometimes it gets incredibly hard and, and full on yeah and yet because i feel like the team around me and my boss especially um is is having to work just as hard if not harder um it makes it an incredibly Good, easy job to do. Definitely. And that's so when I've done jobs in the past, like I worked for a broker where I was well underqualified for the job. Again, used yeah. my knack of voice to be able to talk my way into a position that I should have never had. Yeah. And it was like the big boss left. Um, the my then boss moved into her position and I moved into her position. Right. So I was managing like millions of dollars worth of an insurance portfolio Shit. for this broker. Yeah. Um, and it was just, and then, but the boss who's supposed to be teaching me is learning her role as she goes at the same time. Right. And it's me and one other person managing, as I said, millions of dollars worth of shit where yeah. every single I has to be dotted, T has to be crossed, or we can lose our insurance license, which just then could possibly sink the entire company. Yep. That kind of pressure for a 21-year-old who is far too focused on getting fucked up than, than being the kind of person that that job required yeah. um, and then being just treated like shit by that boss and not getting the support that I needed, which then made me resent it further. Yeah, and Plus it would have ca- like, catalyzed you to be like, well, if this shit goes under... Laters. Yeah, care. I'll just yeah, and even though I needed that job so badly because I was living out of home, I also just didn't care about the repercussions because, yeah. and I was also traveling like an insane amount because it was it was out on Fullerton Road, right? So I'm having to like get to the train station, then train into the city, then get a bus out to Fullerton Road, and then do that same thing all the Rough. way back. So I was losing. You didn't over have a car. Three hour. I was still driving to the train station, but driving to work, like yeah. I, we didn't have a car park on site, oh, right. and okay. even then I had my XR8 at the time. Yeah. So driving to work in an XR8 in stop-start traffic, yeah. I might as well Got fucking catch up. the train and the bus. Like it's just. Yeah. Yeah. way too expensive yeah um so yeah through those times man like and again i i i had a contractual job where they extended my contract indefinitely but i didn't realize that that meant like they were just basically extending it until they decided they didn't they want, didn't me want anymore. you anymore like casual um, worker, essentially. they made me work through christmas and then let me go on january 6th and erica was due to have <laughs> winston sometime in march yeah and i was applying and interviewing for everything and like i'm i know this is going to sound like a wanky thing but i'm normally the kind of person that like if i want a job and I interview for it, I'm like I've found with that getting that broker, there's a fairly good chance I'm gonna get it. Like yeah. I interview so fucking well. You've got I the charisma. Talk, I could talk out of my ass. Yeah. Um and I went for like six interviews where I made it to the second interview and then didn't get the job. Right. And like 
because I was about to have my firstborn son and like Erica's working, well, was working her ass off and now she's on the start of her maternity leave and I still don't have a job. Yeah. And I was just fucking freaking the fuck out, dude. So again, these times that, the reason I wanted to mention that is that like I look back now, even after having that conversation, I'm like, holy fuck, I was actually dealing with so much anxiety through that whole period. How am I going to support my family? Like how is Erica going to fucking leave me because I'm just a fucking scumbag who can't even get a job after yeah. interviewing six times? Like all of those things. So someone who, like myself, who considers myself incredibly sound of mind yet was was wrought with all of that doubt, as yeah. you said, um, that means that there are so many people out there who are similar or, or different to me but in a different way who don't even realise that they're struggling right now yeah. or that they just came through a struggle or that they're about to go into one. So um, that awareness of like what I'm going through is natural but also knowing how to deal with it, um, you know, and that's the thing. I was quite lucky because I would have my moments but then I, I, I very much built up like the armour we talked about in the last one where I'd have my moments and, and I'd leave that interview or I'd find out I didn't get the job and it would all hit me like a ton of bricks yeah. and I'd be like, you just got to keep going, man. Get back up on that horse. That's you know it. it's never going to be forever. Yep. You know, you just got to keep going. Look at how many times you've made it to the second interview. Clearly these jobs weren't the ones you were meant to do and it yeah. all worked out. Like this job that I finally got, it started a week after my son was born. So I got to have a week at home with Winston. Yeah. Started this job now, I've been there for nearly four years. Yeah, how good, So man. it's just like... Yeah, the work... Look, the workplace is such an important part to mental health because a lot of people, they spend a lot of their life at this workplace. And like to give you an example, um, you know, where it, it was really bad, like a really bad work environment for me is um, probably in like 2010, maybe 2011, I was going through a breakup and like as I was going through the breakup, I started a new job. So I started, right, at this warehouse um, uh, printing boxes. So we, we, like, we would like print cardboard like, onto the cardboard boxes. They would come out of the machine. You'd stack them onto a pallet. The pallet would go down. The forklift would take it away. It's a cardboard box factory essentially, yeah. right? Now, like I was going there and I was so used to having my friends as my support system so I was going there for like a week and I was working. So the hours were three in the morning till four in the afternoon or four in the afternoon till three in the morning and they swapped every week. So every week it would be, yeah, you'd, you'd start at three in the morning, finish at four in the afternoon and then the next week it would be the opposite. So you'd start at four in the afternoon, finish at three in the morning. So massive days, bro, massive days. Um, heaps good money, like really yeah. good money, you know. Um, is this the but place it's on like, Main North Road? Is this? Uh, it's on Port Whiteford Road. It's good, Vizzy. Vizzy, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Vizzy, yeah, Vizzy. Um, yeah, I know yeah. and it's the people that were there were were all right, but it was just the upper management that just had this expectation that it was like if you didn't do this overtime, you were you were gone. It yeah. wasn't wasn't good enough, basically, and. Um, Near, near the end of like there, it was really wearing down because like I, I barely saw my friends. You know, I'd have I'd have Saturday and Sunday, but finishing at work at fucking four in the afternoon on a on a Friday, and then going all right. Well, I've just been I've just worked like 60, 70 hours this week. You don't have you don't have energy to be a fucking teen. I wasn't teenager. You know, I was like twenty, but still, you, just you didn't have energy. Well. So I had all this money but I had no energy to fucking do it. And like, I was like coming home, like crying as I was eating my dinner and shit. Like just sitting there by myself, like crying because it was just like, I had, I, I couldn't get that support from my friends. 
the shifts were changing every week. So I had no sleep cycle. I'd just gone through a breakup. It was really, really bad. And it all reached ahead where I eventually got hospitalized because um, I had chronic fatigue syndrome. Wow. Um, so it was just getting really bad, man. And I was just like, I, I, I just, ha- I just got, re- got really sick really quick and I had to go into hospital and they were saying, oh, it's just anxiety and, and chronic fatigue syndrome kind of thing. You just take a week off to unwind kind of thing. And I got, got a certificate from the doctor. And I went back a week later and um, the boss called me up to his thing and he's like, uh, hey, man, we, we can't have you here anymore. Uh, so do you want us to write that you know, you're leaving voluntarily or do you want us to just fire you? And I was like, well, all right, I, I don't know, just I don't care at this point. You know, I was just so like angry. And then I tried to go through Fair Work Commission and like a typical government agency did fuck all. Like you just go like ringing in circles and I was just like – this is, in, this is the indicator of what a lot of these places are like. They will use and abuse somebody to the point of breaking them and then they will go, fuck off, we'll get somebody else and then somebody else comes in. Rah, rah, rah. We'll do the same thing. Yeah, we'll do the same thing. And it was interesting because it was with my um, old next door neighbour who uh, lives next door to my parents. Uh, I saw him maybe, this probably would have been about five or six years after that, after I worked there and he's like, oh, I'll get this right. Because we were talking about Vizzy and he was like, oh, I'll get this right. Basically, just after you left, they made it so that anybody on their probation for the first six months can't work any more than seven till three. So, yeah, they must have had too many incidents and something happened. But, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's this throwaway, dis- but once again, this throwaway disposable society that we live in, whether it be your iPhone every year or your job, like, you know, jobs coming in and out. We, we need to stop. We need to yeah. stop living like this really, you know, yeah. like it's just, it's unsustainable for people's mental health and, and physical, and physical, physically, if you're talking about like phones and shit, you know, like. And but, it's happening now with like, I got a, quite a few mates that work up at Roxby and they have brought in some pretty harsh, like in terms of like, harsh in terms of if you're trying to make bulk money. Yeah. Um, but from a mental health aspect, like it, it, you know, obviously maybe it's going to create a bit more money stress, but then maybe the minds and stuff isn't for you then. If they bring in these laws that like, hey, if you want to be up here, um, but you just can't like, I think my mate, you can't be 38, 36 hours between finishing one set of rosters before you start your next set of roster. Right. But because on the 36th hour, that's not the start of your next roster, it's technically two full days off between starting time again. Whereas before, like it used to just be basically if there was work there, you could fucking work until you dropped. Right. Which just isn't good. No. It's good for the wallet, but who gives a fuck what's in your wallet if you're like literally a dead human being? Walking zombie, basically. Um, That's how I felt, man. I felt like a walking zombie. There's no good, no good having that stuff. Um, And that's, yeah. Look, the thing is, and the story that you just mentioned is so common. It's just so, so common, man. And again, so then you look at that and you look at the fact that obviously not even looking at it from a you didn't have time to go and see your friends, but if there was probably more of a culture for you to be able to ring a bloke mate yeah. and have that fucking sob on the phone and be like, mate, I'm fucking broken. And then him go, well, I don't care how fucking tired you are this weekend. We're going to do something. And that that's makes it, you go, man. fuck, yeah. man, that's all I needed. That's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. I think that's what's important is being able to like not feel like isolated in that feeling of like yeah. I'm struggling through this. That's it. Because that's the thing, you know, when I was going through all of that shit with that boss and whatever else, I didn't tell a fucking damn person. Yeah. I didn't have a missus. I didn't really like – I probably told mum and dad a bit and they just did the normal – and, you know, mum and dad is amazing and whatever else. I'm not taking anything away yeah, from them. But yeah. again, you don't – 
it, it's a different thing. Mum and dad are always going to do that. So yeah. you're not, it's not out of, it's not, doesn't hit the home same, quite yeah. as hard. Yeah, definitely. Um, whereas like when you do have that raw conversation with your friend, you're like, wow, that's really, they didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? They could have just told me to shut the fuck up and they didn't. And then they, we had this two hours worth of a chat and it was amazing. So it means so much more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think that it, it, it's, I'm glad that these workplaces are starting to be, be held a little bit more accountable by Fucking unions nice. and by fair work and whatever for making sure that their work conditions are up to scratch and that their rosters yep. are up to scratch and whatever else because it's all good if you want to make money. But when it's something where by putting in those laws and whatever, it can't have bosses trying to do what they did to you where they're like either work the overtime or you're or gone. You leave, yeah. Um, because that's the shit that kills people. You know? 100%, some some man. people don't want the extra money. No, you know, it, like that's I, it. I have said, and like I've, I've now recently started to to be moved up into to better sort of rates, but when it wasn't as good, when I first started the role I'm in now, it wasn't as good as what it is now. But I always said to myself that as long as I was able to survive and, and, and pay and keep the roof over my head and I'm not falling behind and creating yeah. this other ball of stress, yeah. that I am always happy to sacrifice a portion of money of what I think I should be getting for of the course. work I'm doing. It's that work-life balance, dude. If yeah. the role I'm doing is, if I'm happy. Like I know that feeling from that job and I'm, I'm sure you had it at Vizzy when you wake up ready to go and start work and you would rather literally throw yourself into fucking traffic. Yeah. That is the worst feeling ever because yeah. you've got to do that five days, six days a fucking week. Yeah, 12 so hours to a have, day. So to have that dread, that existential dread of like I'd rather die than yeah. go there again. Yeah. Um. So that that is that's a feeling that no one loves, and it, and it, and it happens so often. Um, so I'll happily take a pay cut, yeah. to have that feeling that I have now, where like I love my boss, I don't like letting him down, yeah. I want to be part of the team that's working mutual hard. Respect. Um, so and he like this, my boss like I think he's had three sick days in fucking six years or something. Right. Yeah. But again, like for him now, he even says, I don't I don't have a problem coming to work. Like I get to chat shit with you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday I left early because Erica was coming to pick me up and he's like fucking just hanging shit on me fun like in a fun way yeah, yeah. while she's on the phone and she's freaking out like are you sure you can go early and I'm like no I'll tell him I'll fucking stab him like yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, our yeah. relationship yeah, that's yeah. amazing and you, you need can't, that like man. that banter that we have in that team you know for the, the work that we're doing which is quite stressful um, it's such an amazing thing um, yeah. because it, it, it just makes the day so much easier it makes coming to work easy yeah. everyone knows where they stand you know if my boss ever goes hey man like we need a fucking whatever I'm like okay he's, yeah, you put he, he's being down. serious yeah. let's get yeah, this that's shit it, done man. You know? Well, that's like um, uh, semi-recently I read uh, about the studies that they did. A lot, I think these like Scandinavian countries, might have been Norway or Sweden or something like that. But um, to, for the, on this exact topic, they're talking about the work-life balance. They did, they did these studies now saying that after the sixth hour, productivity drops by something stupid, like it's over 70% or something like that, you know. And, and so what they were saying was like it's basically – almost useless working after six hours because you're mentally and in a lot of cases if you do like you're a trader physically exhausted for doing something for six hours so what's happened i don't know if it's actually happened yet but what they're bringing in is a six-hour work day and I, and I was talking to my brother about it and I was saying, man, once we get to a point with our new business that we're starting where we can start to employ people like that that's what we're going to be doing we're yeah. going to be doing a six-hour work day yeah, well, I think there's you know. been studies for the other side of that as well, which is like four 10-hour days yeah. where you get the three-day weekend. 
Yeah. Um, because I've seen good things about that as well because it's amazing how much of a difference that that extra day off every single week makes. Um, and I think that, again, as long as you have the decent enough break throughout that 10-hour day, I think... Yeah if, you have, if you, yeah, if you have maybe like an hour's break and then a half an hour um, yeah. smoke or something yeah. like that, that's fine. But I, th- yeah. I think this specific study that I saw was like after six hours of continuous work, oh, you, you're gone. Yeah, you're I agree gone. with that 100%. So, yeah. I do it all the time. Like, <laughs> you know, you just especially like you think about Fridays or whatever as well, man, like it hits that 2.30, 3 o'clock, you're finishing at 4.35. Like you're just done. Oh, yeah. You're so you're, um, you're done at fucking midday, bro. Let's be real. Yeah, like on a Friday. Friday yeah. Um, yeah, so there was one last thing I wanted to say because I think we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll no, wrap it up go soon. Go on, yeah. Because um, I listened to a podcast today, man, that like I went into it expecting to laugh and some of the shit that – I actually took away from this was just it was it was interesting that I listened to it today. Um, so it was comedians um, Whitney Cummings who she's got a podcast and she had Nikki Glazer on. Yeah. Now I look at them two as you know these incredibly powerful, very funny. confident, funny women. Mm. Um, and hearing them just completely bear all about their insecurities and everything else was actually insane to me because. What's it called? Just for, just so people uh, want to have a yeah. Let me have a listen. Let me just find it because I because I, I wouldn't even mind having a listen. That sounds pretty. It's cool. so good. I sent it to Erica when yeah. I got here, and I said you need to listen to this. So Whitney Cummings' podcast is called Good for You. Yeah, and then it, it's with um uh yeah Whitney Cummings' podcast Good for You, and then it's Nikki Glazer on there. Right. But one of the things like that 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 uh Whitney Cummings says very early is that she's like. When I was young, and I think that this is something that so many girls in some way can can relate to, was like when I was young, the only love I got or when I felt I got love was when I was sick. Yeah. So then I just started creating these weird things where I would be like, you know, slightly becoming like hypochondriac in that I'm I'm I want that same attention. So I'm faking being not well or whatever to whatever. She's like, it got to the point where I was like in the middle of the night, I would wake up next to a man and then fake having a night terror because I just wanted him to like hold me and and tell me that everything's okay and whatever. And it's just like, that is an, like if you, and if you look at that as objectively as just like, you know, a woman doing that, you're kind of like, well, that's a bit bloody insane. Right. But you look at someone like her of her status, who has achieved as much as she has, who appears as this completely grounded sound of mind person. And you, you find out that, and she also talks about like an she went through a massive eating disorder and like all of these things. And I'm just like, holy fuck, dude, to think that like something like that is is so prevalent. And then Nikki starts going like, you know, I'll never tell a guy when there's something that's irritating me or if I want him to do something or whatever because I'm scared that if I voice my opinion or what I need, he's going to tell me, um, that he he's gonna tell me to, to fuck off, basically. Yeah, okay. Or I'm gonna voice something like I don't really like it when you do that, and he's gonna go, well, I don't like this, and you're ugly, and you're yep. whatever, and yep. I'm just gonna be completely fucking rattled by it. And yep. again, so you just I'm hearing these two like incredibly um, powerful women just talk about how much they struggle, and then they even started going into like you know they've both Nikki's done a lot of the roasts, and 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 so yep. is Whitney at some point in time. And she's like, you know, it's it's fun and it's good and or whatever, but it's like that kind of stuff, man, just promotes such a thing. Like, Pete, you're literally going to do something where people are trying to fucking like you hurt you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she's like, and then when people, that's all they've seen, right? Let's say they watch one roast and that's the first time they've ever seen you. Like, And for Nikki Glazer, that I'd never seen her on anything until I saw her on a roast. 
most. Yeah. Um, and the way that they just laugh it off, you're like, oh man, she's so like completely okay with herself that she can allow this to happen. And then you listen to this and she's like, just, I'm just doing work. You know what yeah, I mean? That's what I yeah. gotta do. And yeah. then she's like, and I'm walking down the street and people are yelling out your whore because all they've seen of me is me being abused on stage. And now they're thinking that that's okay. Yeah. And that's why- Promoting like, the wrong fucking culture. Yeah. Bro. And that's why Whitney was like, I had to have a take from, I had to have a break from doing roast because it just wasn't helping my my mental state. So it's yeah. just, it's so, I guess the, the main thing that I took out of that and, and that I think is an important sort of thing to wrap this up on is that you can never, you can never assume that, someone is completely okay yeah. or that the the outwardly appearance of whatever is going on is is all there is to see or that they are completely okay with something. And I think, again, coming back to the male thing, like we always go on about, yeah, it's so good to have that fucking banter and whatever else. And and there is a there is a place for it. It's definitely a thing, but it's you've got to be mindful as well, man. Like that, yeah. if you don't know what blokes are taken home from that or whatever um that or that is already something that was sitting with them or that they were worried about or whatever um you know you've got to be so careful with with that kind of stuff yeah definitely um, man because and and we again that's the thing that's become so natural for us you know it's good because like we're different than girls in which like the other thing they were saying as well is that they were like um one of them said, I told my girlfriends no compliments for a year or no compliments for a month or something. Yeah. Because she's like, what happens is that the girls get into this really big, like, and like we've talked about it before, but they're, they're like, oh my God, you're so, you're looking so pretty, you're looking so beautiful. Yeah. So then they're looking for that every time. Yeah, that's it. And then when Efficient the girl doesn't give it that much, then they're like, what's wrong with me today? Yeah, I must yeah. look hideous. Am I ugly? Yeah, 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 totally. So then when she's like, when I told them no compliments, then I'd be, I'd see them and I'd be like waiting for them to say something. And then they'd be like, why aren't they saying anything? Oh, because I fucking told them not to. Yeah. Oh, well, then I look amazing then. Yeah. Right. And it was just such a better way of like looking at it. And I think that's the thing as well, like with, you know, with girls and that kind of like the false, they've been encouraged to just give everyone false niceties all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then the, the flip side of that is that when they don't get that from someone, then they're thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And, and it could also, um, was, I don't know the word, de, not de-genuinalize, but whatever the fucking hell yeah. I just said. It just makes it just makes it delegitimize. De, de yeah, I guess delegitimize or like it just makes a genuine, sometimes a genuine comment maybe lose its impact. Yeah. Degenuinization. Because then there's because <laughs> then they're scrutinizing it. They're like, do I really or are you just yeah, fucking exactly telling right. me? That? Yeah, they they double they, they they doubt themselves. They double think they're like, oh they're that they're just saying it, you know? Like yeah. And then on the flip side of that, I think blokes need to just get a bit better. And you do notice it more and more. Like blokes need to get better at just bringing it people up. Like for the equal amount of time that we're just going to fucking rubbish each other, but also give the fucking compliments. Yeah, Be like, hey, sure. mate, you're looking fucking, look at you and your fucking whatever it is. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like just more of that kind of stuff, which has doesn't exist enough. Yeah. Um, I think that that's going to help balance it all out as well. Because if you're just constantly ripping on your fucking mates, like, yeah, look at you, your fucking gateway, Doug. Yeah, exactly right. um, Then, you know, you're going to constantly, then it just becomes that, again, it's that that culture of just like completely fucking ripping each other to shreds as opposed to like doing that, but then also being like, oh, that's fucking sick or or bringing And we've all been guilty of doing that. Yeah, of, rip, right. of ripping our friends to absolute shreds and, and being relentless about it. Yep. And we've all copped it as well. Yep. Um, but look, hopefully as, as we grow older and we grow wiser, we can, we can move forward and, and uh, in the future we can, you know, have these ideas and these conversations with people like of a similar creed where we're like, 
yeah, it's cool to rip on your mate because it's because that's what we do. It's what we yep. do as Australians or even as uh, you know any nationality. That it's almost like that's a that's that's like a, a token of the friendship almost. Yeah, because you're comfortable enough to be able to say that. Yep. But at the same time, you're saying fuck, you're looking good, man, or like all that sick. Like when you when you were saying about how you want to start getting um, doing a bit more exercise and drinking less beers and doing whatever whatever like that's that's incredible. You know, I'm so proud of you that making 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 that decision. It's so yep. good, and I can't I can't wait to see the results. Yeah, and I can't wait to see the path that you go down because it's going to be so so good for you. Yeah, you know, and that's what like again, you know, I was just thinking about we're talking about the mental health stuff, and it's like I got to make sure that I'm looking after myself in a physical sense that's as it. well. And we all do, but yeah, I think it just it, it it's just become so it's about consciousness. Like we talk about this in a in a spiritual thing, but like we need to be conscious of that. You know, you know, when we talk about like even like say Newton's law of like every action has an equal and opposite reaction, that applies in emotional sense as well, right? Oh, that yeah. We have to be mindful of ourselves and the things that we're doing, whether it's like even they were talking about on this podcast as well, like the self-deprecating thing. Like there's a very big culture around stand-up as well where, you know, the most amazing comics are the ones that are just ripping themselves to shreds, yeah. you know, um, big owl who's one of my favorite comics of all time, but, you know, he's he's moved away from that a lot more these days. But when I first ever saw that that DVD of him, um, you know, when he comes out and he's like, uh, you know, I got drunk last night, I woke up in front of Target with a half-eaten Whopper, I know I was drunk because I know I would have finished it. Like, yeah. And it was just that kind of stuff was his whole set, which is amazing and he's this big dude and everyone has a laugh, but yeah. it's like that has to take some sort of mental toll on, on yourself when For you're sure. when you end up you know putting on that shirt and it doesn't fit and cuz it probably and, validates your opinion yeah. like if you go on if big hours gone yeah about the and if you know eating the whopper or uh, people are laughing you know he's going oh i'm getting laughs so it, it must mean that i'm big you know what i mean like yeah. and even though he's making fun about it um, you know, if you if you're doing it, how long has he been doing stand up for? Probably years and years yeah, now, like man. At least 20, if if man. he's doing the same kind of material like uh, over the years, you know, you could you could see how that would degrade someone. Yeah, you know, and it's like I think there's an there's an important thing to like you can you can I don't know it's hard, but like they were saying as well, you know, like she, one of them was talking about she was was seeing a therapist and and like you know she's like oh yeah I did that that's so fucking stupid I'm an idiot and the therapist was like why do you Talk about yourself like that. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want anyone else to talk about you like that. Like if you did, you'd be fucking so upset and yet it's okay for you to do it. Yeah. And it's like then if any other one else is hearing you do that, then you're opening the door for them to do it. And it's like – and it's also one of the important things they said is that when you're being self-deprecating, you're also putting a responsibility in other people's hands, right? Because when you say, oh, I'm so fat or I'm so whatever – then all of a sudden you've put this responsibility on the person that you're saying that to to be able to handle that in a way that you're wanting them to handle yeah, it. Yeah, to disagree. And how the or fuck to, are they supposed to yeah, know? Yeah, exactly How do you right. t- say it to them in a way that actually gives them the validation they're looking for? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of inherently selfish to be saying, oh, I'm such a fucking pig or I'm such a whatever. It's all right to do it every now and then just for a bit of a joke just to because to, I feel like when I do it, it keeps me a bit level, you know what I mean? But if you're constantly like if every day you're going, fuck, I'm a, I'm a fucking shit kind of shouldn't have done this and you're just talking to yourself even like that yeah. that's when it starts to get a bit dangerous and that's when you're you know? doing it to yourself and then you do it out in public that's because you are looking for a response as yeah. opposed to just me you know if i'm going like man i need a fucking 
like I got way too fucking drunk last night kind of thing. You know, if I'm doing that kind of, I don't know, like, you know, saying I need to fucking clean my shit up or whatever. Yeah. You know, you, you can say that looking for that reinforcement. But again, if it becomes a habitual thing where you're constantly just saying like, I'm a piece of shit, I'm a failure, it just plays into that anxiety stuff, you yeah. know. Again, a lot of people that are doing those kinds of things wouldn't be realising that there is some suffering happening in the background of that actually being a message that's being pinged to their brain yeah. when they're not, around friends or whatever, or when there's not someone there to validate it for them, right? Yeah. So if you're saying it out and you're saying, oh, I'm so this, and then you're getting the positivity and you're like, oh, all warm and fuzzy, but then the next day you're doing it to yourself, staring at yourself in the mirror and you're, there's no one there to make you feel better. Well, that's the shit that just drives this whole new fucking pathway yep. of, of anxiety or, or doubt. Because you're putting or, energy into that thought. Whatever you put energy into yep. manifests you yeah. know, so if you're putting energy into negativity towards yourself, you know, you, you're kind of degrading your self-respect a little bit. It, you know, when, when you're having a laugh, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got, got fucking short, thick legs, you know, whatever, you know, it may be. Um, and everyone's like having a laugh, that's fine. But if you, if you keep convincing yourself that you do have short, thick legs, yeah. then you will be hyper-conscious about it and it will lead to other problems, you know, like. Yeah. So. I reckon now's a good time to uh, pull the pin on this grenade. Yeah, I think it's been another fucking sensational it's one been a as good always. One. Yeah. We, we got a bit fucking tangenty in the but first that's okay. uh, in the first half, but that's what makes it wormholes, um, brother. That's right. Yeah, fucking. Where will I end up tonight? Where will we? I wonder. End up? You know, we haven't. I wonder if anyone has listened to the podcast and then listened to wormholes. And like, if you. you Oh, that reminds me. And I didn't actually tell you beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if you can do something right now for me. Okay. New segment on Wormholes. We're going to do it every single week. Yes, yes. Song of the week. Can be something oh, old okay. as fuck. All right. Can be something you've just listened to this week. Yeah. But every single podcast. And then we can share it on the page as well, the YouTube link yeah. to the song. Yeah, okay. Um, so okay. one song each. Mine is- I think I know what yours is. I think I, think I know what yours is. Yeah, I was going to say, is it, is it Snowblock? You fucking nailed yes. it. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's an absolute fucking That's thrapper. a weapon, bro. That is a good song. So was it Snowblood by Error? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you got really... to see Error before? Huh? Have, have you got I? to see Error? I don't think so. I feel like if I did, I would remember them. They came with Northlane a few years ago right. and they were amazing. Yeah. Um, but I've been on them for quite some time and they are, they're they real good. And um, yeah, so my song is Snowblood by Error. I'll share yeah. that on the page. Share that up. Have share that you up. got one for me? Doesn't have to be metal, can be fucking bluegrass well, fucking mate, I, like that's that's the thing like lately i've just been listening to a shit ton of indie pop and like electro pop Ooh. just heaps of it you know how at the end of the year what, what we'll do is nearing the end of the year when we get our spotify wrap up i would not be surprised if like you know hardcore and metal has a big graph but if indie pop electro has a massive graph as yeah well, wow i listen to it a lot because i'm not always in the mood to just hear a fucking china symbol in my right yeah ear. that's right and you it's know, one of those like, things where We've listened to a lot of fucking metal and it can oh, yeah. sometimes years start to years. feel like a bit of it. Like I know if I am if I can't see what I'm shuffling through on my songs, like unless it's ones that I've thrapped, it's very hard for me to go, oh, yeah, that's yeah. this song. Oh, that's this song. So it can yeah. become a bit of a mess of noise. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, like today, man, I was listening to Flume and uh, like the You and Me uh, oh, by yeah, Flume yeah. Disclosure. I was listening yeah. to a Peking Duck song. Yeah. I was listening to a Dead Mouse song. Like I just was – smashing out some work and I just didn't feel like metal today. So, yeah, yeah I do that kind of stuff it as well. It gets like man. that. But, yeah, so for me, uh, my, my song of the week, are we calling it song of the week? Song of the week, yeah. yeah. The song of the week is Play Me Like a Violin by Stefan or Stephen, mm. S-T-E-P-H-E-N. 
suss it out. It is okay. it is really, really good, man. Like he – I don't know if it's, if it's a band or not. I assume it's just a dude who just yep. sings. But he's got a super nice voice and like the the way he's kind of done it, it's almost like he's combined an actual violin in the main like drop and his voice and then like pitch shifted it together. That's cool. It's yeah, it's it's really cool, man. Play me like a violin, suss it out. It's um yeah, that's that's my that's my song of the week. Well, what we'll do is once we drop this episode, then after over the next couple of days, I'll be like, here was yours, here yep. was mine, and just share them and And then people um, can comment what theirs is. Yeah. Because yeah, we like us. to hear what you're listening to as well. Exactly. We yeah. will in uh we'll encourage the shit out of that. As always, Definitely. keep the feedback coming. That message yep. today was just the perfect precursor for this episode. Um, it has just been so overwhelming how good the response is. As I said, this last kind of mindset one we did has uh, has been our most successful episode to date. Yeah. And we cracked a K. Um, we, yeah, we've and hit we over a thousand. thousand plays in our of wormholes collectively. Which so considering not, it's been about not even two months, it probably would be, oh yeah, it would just be ticking over two months now. Yeah. Is an insane achievement yeah, um, for that's, that's a podcast. Cool. And like, you know, we've now been crippled a little bit in our reach by my Facebook um, being taken down. So I'm trying to move mo- a lot of my promotional stuff into my into my Instagram. And uh, yeah, it's still just ticking along, man. So what's your Instagram handle for people that want to follow along? Uh, so it's dinosaur underscore comedy, but the, the O in dino is a zero just to make Meme things Lord. fucking difficult. Meme Lord. Um, that's yeah, cool. fucking one three three seven. <laughs> yeah. Fucking late, late. Love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, keep sharing it around. Yeah. Keep giving us feedback. Keep hitting um, subscribe. Go yeah. on, go on YouTube and follow us on YouTube as well. We haven't had that many videos on YouTube lately, um, but I would really like to see that. Like, hopefully, by you know f- the fiftieth episode, that we start getting cameras rolling and we do live yeah. because um, that way we can get people's feedback as we go. So yeah. if someone's like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, This, the, oh, actually, this is the truth or whatever, um, you know, I think that'd be really cool. But um, before we go, I just wanted to say, um, like we did last time, if you're having a hard time or if you're struggling, then hang the fuck in there, man. Hang in there because um, the world needs you. It really does. You have no and- idea how instrumental that you are in in – life in some way that you can identify if you look hard enough that's it and you you are you are never alone and um it, whether it takes and if you're feeling the opposite if you're feeling great maybe do what we like i said i wanted to do reach out to some people that you haven't talked to in, in a hot minute and be yep. like just ha- how are you going because that how you're going could be the love that they need yeah so and it's like again there's something so amazing about if you reconnect with someone who uh, you haven't talked to in a while and then you start talking about everything and, and it's just, it can be such an amazing and rewarding experience. Um, you know, Eric has recently reconnected with one of her friends that she had years ago and, and you know, she she went and, and spent time with her and um, just had the most amazing time. Um, yeah. I was supposed to go and pick her up and I ended up saying just just crash there and I'll pick you up in the morning. And she messaged me at 8.30 the next morning saying we went to bed at 6.30. Like they literally just talked from when I dropped wow. her off at like 7 until like 12 hours worth of just they didn't move. That's they cool. just talked. Just and, a bit of a just un- um, uncompressing, decompressing. Yeah, decompressing. So that, cool, like, that is a perfect example of how, you know, there, it is worth putting time and effort into – sometimes you're going to get burnt by it. Sometimes you're going to try and rekindle a friendship. You're going to wish you never did it. But yeah. that's the – you have to run that risk sometimes yeah. to – 
yeah, yeah, to yeah. get the reward um, that That's can it. be possible. So, yeah, and again, reach out to us if you want to have a chat on the page. We've, we've had a few people message the page. Um, I've still got access to the to the, the inbox for there. Um, tell us what you're thinking. Tell us more of your stories about your own personal um, journey or the conversations that you've been having with people. We're always keen to listen and, and we'll, we'll give you as much feedback back ourselves as we can. That's it, mate. Well, thank you very much for another stellar Wednesday night. Oh, it's just so good, isn't it? It is wonderful. I I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Thank you for having me Not at Wormholes problem. HQ. And we'll, well see you uh, next week. See you next time. Peace.